a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back. A new poll is out, shedding new light on how America thinks. A host of things uh, coming out of this. And, of course, we always look to our good friend Scott Rasmussen, one of the world's leading public opinion pollsters for uh, a long time. He's someone we always look to and count on to help us break it down to get a real pulse and sense of what is happening in the country. And uh, he joins us live on the line now. Scott, welcome back to the program. It's great to be back, boy. But, you know, if you keep talking about how old I am and how long I've been doing this, I don't know if I can keep coming back. Uh, I'll say the very young, very spry Scott Rasmussen. The court, <laughs> seven out of ten Americans believe that Scott is under the age of 40. <laughs> and as you know, it's always the numbers behind the numbers that actually matter. Uh, but you've been diving into all kinds of numbers uh, recently in terms of what the mood of the country is, where people are. Uh, give us a sense. What have, what have you been polling on? And uh, what have you learned? Well, first off, not much of a surprise. A lot of polls have been showing that uh, President Biden is in trouble and the Democratic Party is struggling a little bit. There's been a lot of talk lately that perhaps because they passed this infrastructure bill, uh, things might change. And some are arguing that if he goes on and pass and and the president gets to sign this Build Back Better plan, it might help even more. But the fact of the matter is voters really aren't paying all that much attention. Uh, You know, we asked people whether the infrastructure bill has passed, whether the Build Back Better plan, the the proposal that Republicans are calling the big government socialism bill, we've asked if that passed. It turns out only 19 percent, one out of five voters, correctly know that the infrastructure bill passed and the other didn't. And, Boyd, I I really want to emphasize, you know, timing matters a lot in these things. This poll was conducted in the 24 hours after President Biden signed the infrastructure bill into law. So all the news was about this story, and people were just tuning it out. Mm, that is fascinating that uh, that, that many are not uh, in on that, which also shows us, which also gives me good hope for the country, that we're not hanging on every word that comes out of Washington, D.C., that people are out there actually coaching Little League and uh, taking their kids to practices and doing school and work and working in their communities. Well, I think that's true. And it's also, you know, the last year and a half, we have uh, had so many trillions and trillions of dollar bills that people are getting a little numb to it. Uh, You know, a few trillion here, a few trillion there. Pretty soon you're talking real money type of thing. Um, What we do know in terms of general moods, uh, 55 percent of voters now believe that too many people are receiving federal benefits rather than working. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only a third disagree with that. We know that there are uh, there's general support for some of the ideas and the plans being talked about by the president. 
but there are concerns. Uh, 92% of voters say that inflation is a very serious problem, and 56% say passing more government spending is going to make it worse. Mm. Uh, So we know these attitudes are out there. We also know that some of the underlying provisions, things like uh, this bill, uh, as it's currently proposed, and let's be clear, this is changing all the time. Uh, when the Senate gets a hold of it, it'll look different than it does today. But right now, uh, the bill would provide benefits without work requirements. And Americans overwhelmingly believe that if you're able to work, you should uh, be required to work before you're eligible for benefits. Uh, I think that's an interesting one uh, because I, I do think that that one speaks a little bit to uh, I think where most Americans feel that hey let's everybody should be everyone should be doing their part uh, and engaging where they can engage uh, as as you look at that and as you look at some of your other polling you've done in in recent weeks uh, what is it that you're seeing or sensing you you mentioned right off the top that the the president has had some struggle points uh, we know that that's kind of transcended kind of the policy stuff even into some of the personal stuff that he really ran on in terms of you know, civility and his competence and character and compassion, those kinds of things. Uh, what are you sensing kind of under the numbers? Well, it, first off, you know, the president ran uh, to be a uniter, uh, you know, a force that would bring the nation together uh, sort of in a moderate manner. Um, and really what he promised to many voters was simply he wouldn't be Donald Trump. He wouldn't tweet as much. We would have a different type of governance. Uh, right from the start, he gave the impression of of um, really being lined far more with the, the progressives in his party than uh, with the moderates. And that began to turn some people off. I think on the competence question um, and, you know, when things really began to turn south for him in the numbers, came after the debacle in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans were kind of shocked by that, first of all, by the they didn't they didn't mind the idea of getting troops out of Afghanistan. That general concept was popular. But leaving Americans behind and the way it was handled um, really raised questions about the president's uh, general ability to, you know, this is supposed to be the grownups in charge. Why didn't it work better? Yeah. Um, in terms of the health concerns, I have seen polling popping up more and more on that. Uh, it's not something I've looked into too deeply, but you're getting a general sense that uh, uh, people are beginning to wonder if maybe uh, you know things aren't going as well as they should, and they're kind of wondering who's in charge in the White House. Yeah. Finally, I want to ask you about uh, inflation, and, and specifically in, in your polling, uh, it shows that uh, the vast majority of Americans think it's either very serious or somewhat serious. Uh, but I want to ask you specifically, Scott, in terms of this kind of incongruent message, you know, the, the White House and Democrats are trying to push that things are getting better, that these are all positive things going on. And yet so many Americans are having a hard time filling up the gas can or uh, really filling up uh, their basket at the grocery store because of inflation Uh does the president risk having a, a real major disconnect in terms of what he's saying and what the American people are actually living and experiencing? Absolutely. You know, this is one of the, the most dangerous issues for any president. Um, and right now, you know, people overwhelmingly are seeing inflation. They're seeing it's happening. They go to the gas pump and the price has gone up higher than it was the week before. Uh, on top of that, they're seeing a lot of supply chain issues. You know, you're not able to buy things. So, you know, you, you, can't, you can't buy them. And if you can, the price has gone up. Is not really a good uh, theme for a campaign to run on. 
And I think the, the question of, you know, first of all, what do you do about inflation? People aren't sure. But the idea of spending more money or having the government spend more money is seen as adding fuel to the fire, not helping. Uh, we did some interesting, uh, took an interesting look at the supply chain part of this, which I think is all interrelated. It's not just inflation or just supply chain. It's the reality of, of uh, negotiating this world on a daily basis. And 59% of voters say that they would like to relax vaccine mandates if it will help ease the supply chain issues. Um, and again, I think this gets a sense of people are, they want to be cautious still about COVID. People recognize that it was a serious issue, uh, but there's also a sense that uh, we've gotten it far enough behind us now that we need to begin to think of trade-offs with other issues and other realities. And my sense is that the Biden administration is perceived as not moving on these other issues. Mm. All right. Last question for you before I let you go. Uh, you're someone I always look to, to to look around corners and off on the horizon uh, in terms of what's coming. Uh, what are you looking at? What are you going to be anticipating uh, in the uh, the weeks and months ahead that maybe we aren't talking about or thinking about that maybe we should? You know, in the coming weeks, the focus is all going to be on the Senate and the all-consuming issues of, um, you know, what what they're going to do or what they're going to pass. I think the far more interesting thing to be looking for is what Americans are feeling like as 2022 begins. Um, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, when people get burned, when inflation spikes or gas prices spike or they order something and they're told they can't get it, uh, they get very pessimistic right away. Um, if things begin to ease, it takes about six months before they begin to trust that the system is working again. So if we head into 2022 when people are still feeling like nothing is being done to address these basic economic issues – um, I think it's going to be a very long year in 2022. The mood will be very sour. Obviously, that'll have an impact in the midterm elections. But I think more importantly, um, it's going to have an impact on the way we view um, each other. And one group that I think uh, this may surprise you a little bit, one group I think that may um, become a little bit more challenged than they are today are people who are vaccinated but fearful. Mm. And what I mean by that, these are people who've been fully vaccinated, but they still don't think they should go out too much. They still don't think you should be out in public without social distancing. Um, and this group, uh, and by the way, I respect their concerns, but they are the fact that they are not reengaging uh, has both an economic and a societal impact. And I think that's going to become a flashpoint. Oh, fascinating stuff. Scott Rasmussen, the youngest, most efficient pollster, according to nine out of ten inside sources listeners. Scott, always appreciate your perspective. Great polling, great insight. Love you back real soon. Thanks, boy. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Vice President Kamala Harris spoke last night to ABC's George Stephanopoulos. We'll dive into what she said, why she said it, and what it means coming up. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.